Hello friends, welcome to Sunflower Club. I am your host, James McRae. Today's guest is Joelle Bouchard, also known as Namaste at Home Dad on Instagram. Joelle is one of the funniest and most creative people I know. A writer, artist, and comedian, Joelle is best known for her highly original internet memes, which provide deeply insightful and deeply sarcastic cultural commentary. In this episode, we discuss Joelle's creative process, memes, music, psychedelics, and paranormal experiences. Joelle is a -a one-of-a-kind artist and human, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Joelle Bouchard. So I want to jump in and talk first about memes. Uh, you're a, you're a multi-talented creative in in many ways, um, but I think I know you best for your memes. I think a lot of people do. How long have you been in the meme game? So, like with this account or any account, like actively posting memes, any almost right. Well, okay, I the I think I started. I made my first meme probably, at, and I'm 31. Like I just said probably like 14 or 15. I was introduced to 4chan. I still think in my eye. I was introduced to 4chan around that age. And I, you know, I, I didn't really care for any of the other stuff going on, but it was really at the time, the only place where you could find constant, like there's a constant stream of me- new memes coming in. I re- like, I remember like that's, that memory is very clear. I remember sitting on like my grandfather was dying. He was living at our house. I was on his old computer. And someone's like, you ever heard of me? And I'm like, no, what's that? And they just started sending me folders of them. I started saving folders on his computer and he's like, my grandfather's like, what is this? I'm like, I don't know, just don't delete it. And I used to make these, I would make these fake MySpace pages. They weren't mean, even though the name of one of them was literally mean, <laughs> uh, where I would edit these pictures of like people we went to school with, like just in really weird scenarios. Like it would usually be like guys I had crushes on, which of course this is like definitely something that you want to do when you want a guy to like you i would like take a picture like edit a guy's face onto like a mom nursing a baby of like another guy then the baby was like another guy that like like stuff like that and put like funny captions with it um but i started making memes in the way that i do now like started this page almost seven years ago which i like die a little bit inside every time i say that but it's fine um what was that's interesting so you were on 4chan like a while ago like i only like what was 4chan like back then because i i I kind of most people who know of it at all know of it as like 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 during like the trump election it became like a like a place for people to like post pepe memes and stuff but like what was it like like back then that's you're talking about like 15 years ago yeah like probably 2006 2005 like my it was like my freshman year of high school I graduated 09 like the later and whatever um it was still like degeneracy central but like specific boards were kind of more dedicated to posting memes uh I mean a lot of overt racism a lot like I could never post as myself 
say I was a woman because it anytime if you're a girl, no, it doesn't matter what you're saying. It's tits or get the fuck out. Mm. Um, it's like the this is how, basically the simplest way I could put it is like it was how it is now with but with like some added features that are actually not half bad. I wouldn't be on there if I knew of any other forum or place anything anywhere where I could consume memes. That's like you like jumped into like the school of hard knocks, like from like day one. Like most people, like their introduction to memes are like lol cats or like like some really like tame, like you know, whatever whatever like the uh what what do you call them? The um the image macro style of like, yeah, like the memes. That was big on there too. The impact like there was a lot of really um like yeah, offensive memes, but kind of cliche standard old school memes like the penguin with the two color blue background i I don't know that was the weirdest way i could have explained that but those are the words that came to mind um but yeah it's like even uh like the grumpy cat kind of memes like you find those on there too it's just like it really was like i'm pretty sure reddit it did exist around that time but I, i didn't know about it the person who introduced me to 4chan though was like the most cliche like when you think of 4chan users that like yeah i'm not even gonna get it. i don't i don't even know if i should explain that because it's like really messed up this guy is a not not a great guy i i feel you i think i think we get it um yeah exactly so when you started making your own memes why did you feel drawn to that particular medium to create things in so my entire life, um, I still, I think at this point I've, uh, I have enough, not confidence. I always felt weird calling myself an artist, but like my entire life I've been into art and creating things like all I've dabbled in like every medium, but um, just like my pacing memes are very attractive to me because they're and I, okay at the same time i'm also like a perfectionist to the point where i don't stop working on something if there's no like immediacy and then i'll just like give up on the project but memes there is that sense of like urgency to like get it done it's like you need to remain if it's not like topical and relevant with the way trends move nowadays it's just like don't even bother posting it so there's kind of this i i liked the internal pressure to like let's just get this concept flushed out as best we not as best we can like I'm still a little bit of of a perfectionist when it comes to my own content but I just like how fast paced the demand was and how like it didn't have to like for me my focus is more on the writing like I definitely put work into the aesthetics and like a lot of details into my memes but I don't know I just liked how like raw and fast paced they are and it was like a combination of all of my skills i don't know because like for me the art is secondary what i care most about is being funny and uh like creating a conversation piece totally yeah it does that instant gratification of like it's like constant back and forth uh feedback from your audience it's it's almost like live it's almost like live streaming the creative process like because if you write a book, like you put so much work into it over the course of years, and then people don't see it for way later. But this is like each thought you can broadcast, like 
instantly yeah. and then just like kind of keep it keep it going and each thought becomes its own piece exactly. and like it, it it gets published immediately so it's like it's kind of like live streaming a creative like gallery no it really is like and that's like my process too it's like as soon as i think of something i like as soon as i think of something i'm like you know there's something there i'm gonna i i that i messaged it to myself on facebook like I just have a, a con constant conversation that goes back. It's not a conversation, but I kind of use it as like a notepad. And I just write, like, I send it out immediately. And then I'll go back and be like, is this still relevant? Is this still funny? Like, is this still whatever? It goes, it spans back years, but I do it all day long. Like, I probably message myself like 10 times a day. Wait, wait. So let's get this. Like, you um, you message your own Facebook page with with, with, with ideas? Yeah. And a lot of time I write in like a kind of shorthand. So like if somewhere someone else were to look at them, it would look psychotic. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, no, that's, that's something I have notes. Like I just use the notes app. I don't know why I don't use that. I think I, I just know myself. I don't want to like not reduce myself or like, I'm not, it's, I don't think I'm reducing myself when I say this, but I mean like reducing this process as whatever. I'm very, if you can't, I'm sure you can tell, uh, ADHD like I, I don't know I've been diagnosed with ADHD since I was like nine years old and I've just learned to like accept like the way I operate and it's like I don't know I think it's because at the, when I started I was so used to being on Facebook Messenger already that I just had like that idea came up naturally and it's like well I'm gonna my brain's wired to like impulsively want to go to the Messenger app anyway yeah whereas notes I don't know like I try to do it I know it makes more sense but I'm just like not ever consciously thinking about the note note app. So I'm just like, whatever, let me just do this. I know I'll actually remember to do it. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's stored, it's backed up, like it's safe. Um, but that's funny that you mentioned like being ADHD. I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, like more people are, 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 are becoming ADHD. But I, I think that memes... There's something about making memes that's like almost like the ideal art form for someone with ADHD. I was going to say that earlier. I don't know why I didn't, but it really is true. Because like, yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just feel like, because uh, I, I have a shorter attention span than I used to for sure. And I think a lot of us do. Like I have a hard time reading books anymore. Same. And, I'm um, sorry. But the thing is, like that's bad. That like that like that's not necessarily bad. I because it's bad in some ways. Sure, like okay, you're not you're missing out on all these books. But I think we're able to kind of process information so much more quickly. And like, but do we me, retain it? Sorry. But do we retain it? Well, do you retain a book's information I, either? I used to. I feel like now, and but that's why I stick to memes is like, I feel like I absorb so much information, but then I got to spit it back out immediately, which is what like, but I feel like there's, yeah, everyone is just like constantly, there's this outpouring of information. We're just being bombarded with information. It's like, how can our brains retain all of that? I don't know. I, I personally, I'm worried about the effects that like just the current state of, it's not just social media, just like, the way we navigate the internet, the way we get most of our information, the way we read, people primarily read. Um, 
I'm worried about what it's going to do to the brain. I feel the effects on my brain. I mean, there's a bunch of other things that I can take into account. I mean, I was a drug addict forever. <laughs> like I, I relapsed and hadn't even, like I, I have over a year uh, clean off of it, but so I'm like, maybe I just, you know, give myself some brain damage. I'm sure that plays a part of it, but it's something I notice in other people and a conversation I've had with a lot of people where they feel like they can't remember anything anymore. Like, it's like, I, I don't know. I remember my mom told me a while ago, maybe she made it up, but I think she showed me like an article or something about how like the population of people who have the lowest rates of dementia are actually nuns because they spend all of their time like reading and studying. Like actually before I came on this podcast, I was going to say I was reading a book just to like sharpen myself up and be able to like stay on task, mm. like stay on one subject. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. No, but... <laughs> I feel like memory is overrated at times too, though. Like, because I, I feel like things move I so. That. I think things move so quickly. I think it's easy to get hung up on on the past, and uh-huh. I mean the way the world is changing and the way it's accelerating. Like, there's this great thing by that Terrence McKenna said, and like he said it like decades ago, but he said more, more stuff happens in the world in one day today than happened over the course of a million years, a billion years ago. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's just like rapidly accelerating. And it's like, it I think that be. everyone's trying to keep up. And I think memes are one of the ways that artists are just kind of keeping up with the acceleration. So I, I've made the comparison of like, okay, like um, what is the comparison of art and psychedelics so for example um reading a book is like taking a heroic dose of (laughs) mushrooms let's say and you go deep into it and like you're in there for a couple weeks and then you come out and then you retain some of the information and you forget a lot of the other information but memes or social media content in general are like microdosing psychedelics. So you get a little bit every day and a little hit every day. And if you follow someone for three years and you're getting a little hit from them once or twice or three times a week, um, you're a regular part of their life. And I would say like you might have more of an impact on someone that way than you would have someone like spent two weeks reading your book and then kind of, and then moved on. There's like a relationship there that is a little bit more permanent in a way. I think like the relationship aspects, definitely. Like it you it allows them to develop like a sense of a long-term relationship, parasocial relationship, sure. But like you're a constant in their life as opposed to like a one-time experience that may have had like a major lasting impact. But at the same time, the way I, like, think about how we used to watch like TV shows. And I know like a lot, I feel like I've seen this conversation, um, a lot of dialogue surrounding this on the internet recently. Cause uh, I think, I don't remember what streaming platform it was, but one of the streaming platforms, I wouldn't want to get them free for us anyway, even though everyone's probably already paying for it, but regardless. Um, they want to start releasing episodes like weekly again, as opposed to just like putting the whole series out at once. Cause it's like, and you see this reflected in like every facet of like waking reality as far as like media and trends and whatever. But it's like things come hit really, really hard. The whole, like the whole world has a spotlight on this thing. And it lasts for about like a week or two and you move on. Like 
Squid Games. Like any, even like, think about, I was just saying, I said something similar on someone else's podcast, but like, whatever, it doesn't matter. This is a, this is a different day. Um, <laughs> like, think about the musicians that were like massively popular just in like the past couple of years and see like you couldn't escape them you see their face everywhere anything they said you're gonna see it on your feed like three four times a day and now about like takashi 69 for example like think of all the rappers from like 2017 era i don't even know if you know that i do but, yeah yeah okay like like lil pump takashi 69 inescapable now you don't ever hear about them when they were like on top of the world i just feel like trends move so fast i mean i guess that's obvious but like all the micro trends like i don't even know core core like that's i don't even uh, there's just i don't know things just move so fast that like we've gotten to this point of like i don't know i i was thinking about it like (laughs) sorry han i i just like completely lost my train of thought you just edit that part out yeah well let's let's i want to um go back to it no 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 let's i want to talk about your so you're talking about trends and i think that your memes your meme style and your meme message is so around trends i want to talk a little bit about your style for the people who haven't seen your page well first of all your your name is iconic namaste at home dad um and you are okay there's a spectrum of meme artists and the spectrum would go from kind of completely original content which is more rare because that's a higher skill level to pull off and then there's like templated memes which is what most people do which is kind of like people rehashing the same images with different captions your memes are like full-scale original pieces of art <laughs> um, and you clearly have a, 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 a strong design skills even though you know writing is maybe the f- more important to you but what do you how would you describe like the as my dogs run through here barking how would you describe like the um the message of your memes or like the purpose of your memes or like where they fit into the culture okay so I think my memes might get missing. I, I know they do actually, but I feel like this probably happens to any and all creatives whose work is witnessed on like a large platform or any scale, really just being observed and analyzed by anybody, any group of people. Um, I feel like they get misconstrued a lot as like a cynical critique of society like things that i don't know anything that's currently happening because yeah like i i I never tried to, to really have a brand but i feel like it's kind of just naturally fell into place like i have like i mean i'll make memes about whatever but there's like a few themes that i stick to but like the ultimate goal it's it's not really that deep it's not like political I'm not, I just, I want to make people laugh first and foremost. I want to make people think. It's supposed to be more like introspective and like a let's all laugh at ourselves kind of way. Like I think people, a lot of the times they think I'm like making fun of things that I hate or I don't like because like I'll see people follow me for a long time and they're like laughing at all my memes. And then finally they find a meme that they can't convince themselves that they don't identify with. Like they like I'm in this image and I don't like it. You know, that whole thing. And then they get mad. 
And it's like, okay, so why are you taking this personally? Does that mean that you, inter like, the way you see all my other memes is like an actual attack on something? Like, and it's confusing because I know people, like the roasts on Comedy Central, it, like, those people are up there saying like the meanest shit that they could possibly, like, it's hilarious, but they're like, they're obliterating the person who's the subject of the roast. And everyone knows like, oh, like most of these people are their friends. Like they like this guy. This is just like, it's comedy. It's funny. I forget like the name of like some old like major philosopher. who's like one of the first people to really talk about like comedy saying like, there's always a victim in a joke. And like, you could think of some examples where like, well, that person's not like making fun of and like a person or a th like Mitch Hedberg, but he makes himself like like the, his delivery is to make himself kind of sound like stupid. Like to just simplify this as much as I can, you know. Like it's obviously way more like nuanced than that. But like when you boil it down to like who the victim is in the joke, like it's himself. Like, and I don't understand why people. <laughs> I think people are kind of choosing to be a little obtuse about it. I don't I mean, there is that like culture of like choosing to be offended, like uh, at the risk of sounding like a right wing, like whatever. I don't know. But I mean, that's, it's a very real thing. I, I don't think it's like ill intentioned a lot of the time. It's just like, maybe people want to like exercise this pre-planned dialogue, like an argument in favor of like this thing that they want to stand up for. I don't know. But yeah, ultimately, it's just to me, it's like, I, I feel like I use when I talk about certain trends, I, I paint like caricatures of people, you know, like, I'm not saying anyone who does this thing is like this, and therefore bad. It's I use a lot of like, it's very like hyperbolic. It's very extreme, exaggerated. Um, yeah, a lot. Of, I, yeah, I and get that. Oh, go ahead. No, that's okay. I get that too. Like, it's funny that um, it's just kind of the nature of memes to because memes are they don't have to be, but in a lot of ways, and they almost should be jokes. Like, I feel like there should be humor to it. So, like, there oh, does tend to be you're poking fun at something. There needs to be kind of like a butt of the joke in a way. And, um, and I've got a lot of pushback from that as well because I, th I guess we kind of. <laughs> One of the most like PMA meme creators that there are. PMA. Positive mental attitude. Oh. <laughs> um, no, you're right. But I guess like the same way that you <laughs> poke fun, you poke fun at like I feel like you poke fun at different, uh, different subcultures. You know, like especially like hipster subcultures. Um, I poke fun at spiritual communities. I guess in some ways. Yeah. And um, it's funny, like people think like when I'm when, when I'm writing a meme, I'm not always making a point that like I truly believe exactly. it, believe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't understand why that's like confusing for people, especially people who've like followed your page for a while. It's like you should understand like the tone and like just the vibe here, yeah. you know, like to have a good time and like i probably said things that like completely conscious like you understand that i'm playing a character when i'm writing like text next to a person that is not me you know like i'm creating this like imaginary scenario like why like i mean yeah i guess every once in a while i'm gonna put how i actually think about things in there sure 
Yeah, I'm trying to write a good joke or write a good like thing. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to express something that I deeply believe all the time. Some sometimes I might, but I'm not necessarily doing that. (laughs) Exactly, you're setting the scene. But I think what it is, and like that's kind of the whole point. It's like something I meant to say, like the for the last talking point. But like, it's I think it's the problem is is like the people who get upset by this, like their ego is like too deeply intertwined with like their outward identity. Do you mind, cops? I'm doing something here. I'm sorry if you could hear that. They're coming. They're arresting you. Oh my god! There was a car chase that ended right out front of my building the other day. It was crazy. But anyways, <laughs> um, and it wasn't even that crazy. It was just kind of boring for a car chase. But yeah, I think it's just and like, but that's the point. And maybe that is why they're offended. Because like, I feel like I'm trying to like dismantle like the ego behind things. And then, but like, people aren't willing to do that because their ego, like I said, is too deeply intertwined with like, hey, I'm this kind of person. This is who I am. This is what I'm striving to be. And I guess maybe they're just not willing to look at that yet. So they're going to like be mad at me or you instead for yeah. like them to have those feelings. But like, yeah. People yeah, get so. triggered. I, I did a meme once that was like the first phase. It's like a, it's like a guy looking at a, a computer and the, the first one he's happy. And, and, and he says, oh, I like this page. He's, he's, he's dispelling, um, different conventions or something like that. And then it was like, dispels my conventions then he's like oh Lit- exactly it used to bother me because i think like i don't i'm not a very insecure person but one of my biggest insecurities was always like feeling misunderstood and then like i don't know bringing all these ideas i have to like a big audience <laughs> that there's just so many people just like completely not understanding what i was trying to say And so I like at first I would try and I hate explaining a joke, but I wouldn't really explain the joke. I would just explain the sentiment or like my actual thought process behind it. But like doing this for as long as I have, I just realized like you could say something as like be as straightforward and detailed and descriptive and like just go so far out of your way to like explain what you actually think and what you're trying to say. And like there's going to be people that are going to want to argue with what you just said, like because of what you said, but then like interpret it as like the complete opposite of what you meant and then argue with you about that too. And then you could also be like as vague and even like symbolic and like a point you're trying to get across. And there's going to be people who will understand that immediately too. So I just realized like, I'm just going to say what I want and like make my art how I want to make it. And it's really not, there's nothing I can do to control like the reaction. I might, totally. like, might be a little annoying, but. Do you get in, do you, um, does that happen a lot? And do you get into it with your audience? Cause like, I feel like I've, I've done two things over the years. Um, and you've been in the meme game a lot longer than I have, but I feel like I've number one, stopped taking any comments personally at all because it's so, it's just like, there's so many levels removed and so many layers of interpretation that someone's going through that. Like, it's not personal. And I've also feel like I, um, I've become a, a better writer um, in some ways because I phrase things in a way to minimize misunderstanding. That's interesting. So I feel like even bef- long before the memes, just in life, I tend to not really ever take anything personal, like not anything, but I feel like most of the time when somebody, and I, I know I'm a well-intentioned person and I feel like I'm very like sincere um when I'm when, I don't, when I'm being like I don't know like when I'm making a joke that's different 
but just in general, if I'm being sincere or whatever, I'm just a very sincere person and like say things in earnest and whatever. Um, shit, sorry, I keep losing. I'm telling you, like this fucking birth control really fucked me up. Let me let me back up and do that again. Sorry about that. Sorry for that future editing. So I tend to not really take anything personally, just because like I, I can tell when I feel like I have a pretty good gauge of like what I should and shouldn't say. Um, sorry, I don't know what the fuck my problem is. No, right it's now. all good. But like, I want to talk I'm, about your your writing too. Like I think you are a good writer. And it's funny because the, the 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 conventional wisdom on social media would be like, keep it short. And that's sometimes that's true. Like sometimes like the shortest yeah. thing is the best, but I find it to be the case where if you can extend it out and have a longer caption and pack more ideas into a single caption, that's really hard to pull off. Okay. And you do that really well. I think I... When you're doing your meme school, I remember, I think I messaged you about it because I feel like, not to sound overly confident, I think I'm just a confident person in, like in the sense where I know I'm good at something and like I'm not scared to acknowledge that. But I'll give a little like precursor like this. <laughs> so I don't tell yeah, you, like, no one I questions your ability to make memes. You're, 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 a, you're a verified uh, master of the craft. Thank you. It's like, okay, long text, long form text memes. It's definitely a risk. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, and no offense to them, don't really know how to go about it in an effective way. You got to make every sentence count. Every like it's word. Either gotta be, yeah, you, it's either got to be set up or punchline. I've actually strayed away from it a little bit. Just like every, like I have this one meme I'm sitting on that's like, it's just packed with text. And I think it's great, but like, Instagram is burying my page right now. And so I'm just like, I'm going to save this for one. Same. Uh, it's, it's so frustrating and it, whatever, but are you, yeah, do you, you have content? Do you have content violations or is it just, is it not that? Like, yes and no. It'll say that I, it says that I have one. They said I was selling drugs because I was like, Hey, hey I will send you Narcan and fentanyl test strips for free. Mm, get the, like no get this they said i'm i'm censored right now as well they said i was soliciting sex because i i used why? i because i it, within the meme the words send nudes were in the meme oh yeah i know you so can't. it thought i was soliciting sex because yeah. it, it the, the algorithm misunderstood the context yeah they do not give a shit about context like there's so many just little phrases that you think are just like funny and harmless but you really got to be careful like just your wording. Um, here's the thing. So, like, how, how old is your account? Well, my account. So my my account is old. Um, I started my account, I think, in 2011, oh, but wow. I wasn't making memes. Like, this was just my personal account. Like, I just I, I you know, you can you can scroll back and just see like just me like drinking really? with friends. Yeah, but I uh, and then I started then it, it started changing because I got a book deal in 2017 and I started um, sharing snippets of that and like little illustrations and the illustrations that I drew were almost like my first memes because they were just like simple little hand-drawn illustrations, but there was like the caption and the image. So it was almost like a prototype for memes. And then I didn't really go in 
to memes until 2020 during the pandemic when um when yeah then i started like to experiment with that okay so then i found your page like pretty soon after you started with the mute stuff i guess um well i guess that kind of negates like my theory for why you maybe would be uh well okay so i this is why my page is like this there's like the shadow band used to just be one thing it would be like usually for like two weeks or like maybe like two months and it could be kind of indefinite but it's like and it would depend on like what your violation was i got a permanent shadow ban back in 2019 i had an adult swim show with some other like meme creators it was our show like we started it but i quit because it was a fucking mess <laughs> like it was so crazy behind the scenes um and it just didn't seem worthwhile but I was like, my page is like blowing up and doing really well. I have stuff going on back in. Sorry, this is like, like an animated show. I'm just curious, what kind of show is this uh, for Adult Swim? It was hmm? actually like, sorry, I touched my hair so much, but I can't help it. Um, it was actually like a meme, live action, not live action. That's not what that was. It was a, okay. So Adult Swim had this kind of like live stream, uh, channel. Like it wasn't on Cartoon Network Adult Swim. It was on their website, and they had like these live stream shows. And it was like me and a few other meme creators. And I'm actually, oh my God. So this product was like my baby. And at first it was supposed to be like a skit show. And we filmed some skits. They were so fucking funny. Like they were so good. They all got destroyed in a car accident. And like Adult Swim, like I, the people who worked at Adult Swim were actually great and really helpful. But I think it was just like, they, they were about to dissolve that apartment department it doesn't exist anymore so i don't think they just really had the resources and the money and like the time and whatever um it ended up after the stuff got destroyed they were basically like okay let's just do a live stream show where you guys like look at different memes like topics and formats and then at the end of like it was supposed to be like we were like trapped inside the internet and i, I don't know we like lost the, the, the this lost the script like it's just but it was basically like we would have all these like categories and like look at probably like 10 memes from each of these categories and like comment on them yeah yeah and yeah at, at the end of each segment we would like have to make a meme in that format gotcha within three minutes and like the like, like it was live and the audience was interactive like there was um just like a chat live chat on the side where we could see what people were saying and cool they, they, like, almost like a meme contest thing yeah cool that's a cool idea and the footage got wrecked in a car accident yeah and then like why do i feel like that's your life like <laughs> kind of like a little chaotic and like random chaotic but not so much anymore now that i'm like not on drugs anymore that helps but life's been like total chaos but i i love it i don't care <laughs> do you i want to talk about your um the writing of the memes more because okay. i want to know i want to i want to i like to break down the creative process with people yeah. So like you said that you 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 send yourself notes on Facebook, but like where are these ideas coming from? Are you just like in line at the grocery store or do you sit down and try to think of ideas or like how do these ideas typically come to you? So I used to think that I couldn't force it, but actually I can. Most of the time though, it's natural. And like that's the thing when people think I'm like criticizing these things, I'm like this is my life. Like, why do you think I know so much about this? Like, I am experiencing all so, of these So your things. creative process starts by observing yes, your, I, your reality, I, observing the people around you, observe, you're at a concert, you're at wherever, I, and you're, you're always looking around and processing information and, like, kind of analyzing and... 
I just Dis- I, dissecting I, the world around you. Exactly. I don't know. My, I feel like I've had the same exact personality like my entire life. And I'm constantly just goofing off and like joke, like making myself laugh in my head and everyone and everyone else too. But like, I'm always entertaining myself. I just feel like all my thoughts are like, I don't know. I feel like everything's just hilarious to me. And gotcha. um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's all like observational humor. It's stuff I witness, but like there's a specific kind of like filtration process that things have to go through to actually become a meme. Like it's it doesn't have to be something like, I okay basically I have to witness something happening in multiple circuit like different circumstances different points in time etc like I can't just see something and think it's funny and be like this is universal and everyone will know what I'm talking about for sure it's something I've had to multiple times be like okay this is a thing and like I don't mind like straying into kind of like mainstream experience territory like I'll make a joke about something that's I don't know, again, for lack of a better word, like mainstream. Um, but I know like I, I make more kind of like niche, like, like yeah, like it's kind of hipster, hipster, hipster like, memes. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> I mean, you have, you <laughs> dabble, you, 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 you pick at lots of different subcultures, but like different, different hipster, hipster subcultures tends to be like your bread and butter. Exactly. When it, yeah. When you boil those down, it's all hipster bullshit. Um, As a former hipster, I can relate. I, know, you know, I, sp- w- w- I, w- I got through college working at Urban Outfitters. Really? Yeah. Do you know what the Philadelphia Experiment is? Um, I'm I've heard of the name, but I forget what it is specifically. It's where they they made that they supposedly made that like ship disappear and like travel through time, and then it, when it reappeared, like people like half the people on the boat were gone, and other people were like melted into like the deck and stuff. That actually supposedly took place at urban outfitters like headquarters in philadelphia <laughs> oh like where- before it was an urban outfitters headquarters it was the headquarters yeah. for the philadelphia experience interesting so that happened that actually happened probably not like probably not i mean i believe in stuff like that i've had a lot of experiences that would lead me to believe that something like that is possible but who fucking knows man <laughs> probably what, not all right so you are you are um i know i want to and i want to get into some of your paranormal experiences as well but um fun things so it. so you you observe the world around you and then once you've seen you kind of maybe take a note of certain things you see or different archetypes that you see and then at a certain point once you've maybe seen it a few times and there's enough kind of validation that it's kind of uh it is kind of an archetype not just maybe like an anecdotal thing then you decide to like you're like how can i make a joke about this 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 stereotype or this archetype yeah some like sometimes uh actually i feel like most of the time i'll have the entire concept fleshed out just like in that all in one moment like that thought process happens like by itself other times i'll be like this is a good concept like right now i have in my notes like like i want to make a meme about kundalini awakenings but i just don't have the right thing i don't have the right setup for the joke yet like that some like and a lot of the times i'll sit on those for years and i'll go back and look through my notes and then something will just pop into my mind. Like now that I've had more experience and like, I've, I guess, witnessed more things, heard people talk about these things more, whatever. 
then it's like I'll just see the word and have something funny pop into my mind and I can move on it but yeah most of the time I feel like I think of like whatever the joke is like in that moment and then do you write down all the text first or do you start figuring out the um the visual piece like when I'm actually making the meme or just in my notes. Yeah, like when you think, like I guess what once it gets into the note, like you have an idea in the notes. What's um, what, what's next? Is it do you move right into the design, or do you start to flesh out a full kind of script for the text? It really depends on how much text it is and what the idea I have for the image is, because I want to make sure it fits and looks right. Like I, I want to make sure I can fit everything in the way I want to. So sometimes I'll start with the image um it really depends it's i don't have like a, a like a consistent process in that regard does that there's a bunch of variables that'll like come into place or for sure like, like if i'm excited to make the image for it first then i'll do that and you know, there's just like too many variables like have one answer for that yeah. then do you use photoshop to design it no i don't know how to use photoshop interesting which, like, i've been like telling myself i I need to do that for years. I just don't. I do it all on my phone. I have like a bunch of different meme making apps, like photo editing apps. Uh, really? Like what's what do you ever go to? Yes. Superimpose is the main one for like okay, so I, I've gotten not lazy. It's just a good tool. There's a website. So to like remove backgrounds, there's this website called like clipdrop.com. And like 90% of the time, probably even like 95% of the time they remove backgrounds like say i want to remove it's like the best background uh removal anything that i've ever used because like you can take a picture that's like really busy just like a lot of noise in the background and you really just want to get one person out of there for some reason they'll know and we'll just like perfectly like edit the person out and give like a clear png usable background um so i i usually use that and but it's annoying because now they only let you do it like a few times a week and then it like downgrades the quality because they want you to pay for it. Um, but then, yeah, my main app is Superimpose X. It's just like a one time five dollar. per. Why am I like advertising for them? But whatever, you know, it's a great app. So it's fine. <laughs> um, but you could like there's just so many editing tools in there. I could pretty much do anything I want to, but they don't have a text option. For the, so I make the whole thing and like superimpose X. If I'm drawing something, like when I'm making like a Wojak or something, I use, um, I think it's called Ibis Paint. It's like I-B-I-S, maybe X Paint. Uh, it's like a drawing, like art app. There's been a few times where I've used, oh my God, I'm going to remember, Procreate, but that's on my iPad and I forget my iPad exists all the time. Which Wait, so what do you draw? Um, I'm looking at your page now. What What's an example of what you draw? So I... I don't draw anything from scratch but like for example like the one of the last meme sets i made the spirituality doesn't care about gender norms men can co use crystals to manifest what they want yeah to. yeah I yeah mind. like i edited how i don't like i just like colored in like the guy's outfit gave the girl some coloring on her lips but like a better example would be um this one uh-huh i took uh like i'll find an image online like I'll take like a basic Wojak or like a basic like girl Wojak and then I don't know like I put all the tattoos on her like I gave her like the diesel bodysuit I changed her entire like face shape and like her facial features and her hair so it's like 
uh, I just like take pre-existing images and edit them to be what I want. Or even the one before that, the collab that I did with Northwest MCM Wholesale, like uh, I created the Wojak wearing like the Alex G hoodie. I changed like, I don't know. It's mostly just editing. I, don't, I won't draw from scratch. My hands shake too much. Like if you saw my handwriting, it's repulsive. I, I mean, I, I think I like it. It's unique. It's interesting. Um, but so you do that you do all that editing on your phone yeah i'm like astonished i want to watch you work because that's like you're like this isn't like really custom shit like i i gave up i used to use my phone and it was just so limiting i never used the apps that you mentioned i should check them out but um that's kind of crazy how so how long would uh like the design piece take you for one meme like i know it's gonna vary wildly but like what's a what like an uh one that's more original and takes more editing how long would that take you to to do it it could be sometimes my perfectionism kicks in and i could take like three hours on one meme but most of the time it's like an hour an hour and a half probably Mm-hmm. I just kind of lose myself when I do it, and I'm never paying attention to time, anyways. But, but I would say a lot of the time it's like, and it's like um two Law and Order episodes long. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. That's, that's why I'm like, why don't I teach myself how to use Photoshop? Because like, if I could do all this on my phone, like, I, like I, I just I'm terrible at starting new projects and like learning. <laughs> Um, something I've been meaning to do for a long time. I've had this idea since 2019 and I've never moved on it because, okay, like ever since my page has gotten to the size, even, no, even when I was at like 70,000 followers. So like, since I'm making names about like such specific types of people, like I try and use like the perfect image to like illustrate the character that I'm, I don't know, there's whatever I'm trying to, that's to get the point I'm trying to get across, across <laughs> very eloquent central structure. Anyways. Um, and like it's hard to find like just drawings and like i'm not gonna like create one from scratch so like i'll use images of people and like i always you can't find just like stock photos of the type of people that i'm trying to you know like but like now and since i've had like seventy thousand followers if i ever use an actual person in my meme unless they're like a huge celebrity even like pretty big celebrities they'll always see it and most of the time they think it's like funny and they're like excited to be featured in a meme, but every once in a while, like they'll get like really offended and mad. And it's like, I have to take the meme down or like, really? like sometimes, yeah, it's, it's just awkward. And it's, it's really like every time at this point. So I've been meaning to like, I downloaded the Sims four and this, like not an expansion pack. I can't think, I don't use a lot of computer programs anymore, but um, like this program that allows you to like completely all like, like create a Sim from scratch. And I, I feel like that's the best route for like the kind of content that I create. Cause then I can like design their outfit, their tattoos, like exactly how they look without like bringing an actual person into it. So sorry, this is uh through, through what again? Like what, 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 oh, what, the- what you, you create that you, you, it's, it's like you created through Sims. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Gotcha. I've just been, sitting on that idea forever and not i'm just so bad at like moving on it yeah i've i've i think i've seen someone else like who who would use that but um i think um do you think artificial intelligence 
could like design the meme like do you think there's an artificial intelligence world where like you type in some kind of a caption and it um because i've like it could create different wojaks almost with different with different personality traits that's not a bad maybe i should just use ai to make my characters i'm not sure Um, if it's ready now but i think it could be soon People are literally selling books on Amazon that they had AI write for them and making a bunch of money. Like, I think we probably are there yet. Like, and I've seen some AI scripts that are pretty damn funny. It's better at writing than it is at design so so far. Now that you mention it, though, I've never seen an AI-created meme no, I haven't either. I th- I saw some three D Wojaks that looked like they might have been created by AI, but I don't know how they, I don't know yeah. how they were generated. No, it was they did like the incel and Chad. Wojak. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about more than just memes, but I I, I just want to ask um to wrap this part up, like, sure. Um, you know, not everyone on listening to this podcast. Is good is going to make memes, but like everyone does create social media content of some form. So, like, do you have any advice for like content creators, like whether they're writers or meme artists or designers? Like, do you have any advice on just how to how to kind of create content, how to maintain your consistency, how to grow your audience, like all that stuff? Hmm. Okay. So, I'm just gonna start. Like, I, I was trying to think of like how I was gonna like organize these thoughts but i'm just gonna start spouting stuff off because like it would just be easier for me um find a community of people that you think are like have similar ideas to you that you respect whatever and like don't annoy your way in and like blow so much like smoke up their ass to get them to like you but um like establish yourself like prove that not that you have something to offer because like i'm not even really like and i don't really do this i mean i think i've just been around for long enough that i have found a sense of community and i am connected with them and friends with like a ton of meme creators but it's definitely important to like it starting an account now is very hard to do but if you do have the talent and the ability to like connect with other people get yourself out there like it's way easier to grow a new account if it's good at all but at the same time like there's so many of them that already exist that like it's kind of hard to just like walk out of the void of like total obscurity into the meme community or any type of like creative community um you gotta kind of it's also way easier to get your page deleted if you have a newer account. Like an account like mine, it's going to get banned into obscurity, but it'll never get deleted. That's me manifesting that. That's not going to happen. That's not me jinxing myself. Anyways, um, <laughs> I guess like, I, I don't know. Honestly, a lot of the advice that I would give other people if they're trying to have a successful account is not stuff that I do myself. Like, like people actually really like, whether, I feel like they would say that they don't, but if you look at people's actions, like people like brands, people like when a meme account makes jokes about the same things over and over mm. to like one subject. If you're just trying to like, there's so many people who just do one thing over and over and over again and build like a huge following surrounding that. I don't know. Like, yeah, I feel I that. Cause like I worked, I actually worked in brand strategy for, for years uh, in New York and so I have like a branding background 
And that would be good advice to give someone who wants to create content is like have a very consistent style, have like a single offering that they kind of stick to a certain type of writing. So people know what to expect from you, right? Are you, are you adding humor? Are you doing something insightful? Like, um, is it, is it, is like a self-help or like what, like stick to your kind of your, your lane. And I do kind of none of that. Like I, (laughs) like, I change my style. I have no consistent colors. I'll do a, uh, a sarcastic meme and then like an inspirational thing. And, um, but it's really hard to give that advice because it's like, you kind of, to, to do, to, to grow a page that way, you really just have to have like this, you have to just march to the beat of your own drummer. And like, you almost have to be like a real artist. Cause exactly. you have to just like stick with it and keep going and just try new things and being willing to take risks and, um, and just see where it takes you. Like, it's like going on a wandering journey and seeing where it takes you. Exactly. Like, I, I hate to say it, but it's like, you really got it. And like, I don't know. I feel like I sound like cocky or obnoxious, but it's like, you really got to be good at what you do to do whatever you want and like have any amount of success. It's like, but there, I, and I don't want to think this way, but like, I know this is true. There's a lot of people who just like start meme pages because they want like the validation. Like they don't really care too much about like the creative process. They just like want the following. So it's like, like the advice that I would give to someone really depends on who I'm talking to and what they want out of their experience, you know? And it's like, if like I don't I don't care like if someone's just like I'm just trying to like build a brand so then I could like have a podcast or something like fine you know I don't expect everyone to have the same goals and and values that I do but I just know to like to get where I am like if you wanted to like have an account like mine or yours I would give them completely different advice than like do you just want to like have a straight shot at a successful account and don't do what I did totally <laughs> Yeah, because my favorite artists are people that would always like break their own rules, Same. right? Like, like Bob Dylan or David Bowie, where they would just like completely like z- like zag when everyone else was zigging, and just like and just like do things that were almost intentionally bad, just 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 to prove that they're not going to be put inside of a box, and like they're going to like make sure they have that room. And that permission, you kind of have to, you kind of, you have to carve out that permission yourself. Exactly. That's so weird. That's like the same phrase that I use when I'm talking about this exact topic. So like, you have to like pioneer. I don't know. I, and I've always been the same way too, with like bands that I like, like, I I mean, like, yeah, there's certain genres, like broader genres that I enjoy, but like, I don't like, like when emo music was a big thing, like all these bands sound the same. Like, I I just want to like, pick one that sounds like that and then they're and they're the best at that and that's the band i'm gonna like i don't know i like bands it's like what are they even doing like how are they creating this sound this is so interesting i mean it has to sound good too especially when you try something new because when you try something new all the time it's not always going to work and there's going to be a few that kind of that flop but then when you try something completely new and then you you nail it it's like there's, there's nothing better exactly who are some of your favorite creators like um not even memes but like growing up are there any you know artists writers musicians that were like your favorite people i'm so i I do have an answer 
for some reason, when people ask me like my favorite anything, I just completely blank out. Like even like, who are your favorite bands? I'm like I don't know. What's your favorite movies? I don't know. But I so and it's just, it's and sorry, hon. Um, I don't like. Okay, this like is kind of it's it's uh said it this part out, but I'm gonna keep going. Um, I don't have any like influences when it comes to like other meme creators, there's other meme creators that I respect and I like their work. But when it comes, like for the reasons that we were just talking about, like I don't want to be influenced by anyone else who's doing what I'm doing. It's like, I'm already capable of doing it. My style, like I have like a unique original style. Like I want to do my own thing and figure things out myself. I don't want to look to other people. And I don't, I don't think it's bad to do that. You know, you could like, you could still come up with like original content by like studying someone else's work, but I, I feel like in, in any venue, like in any, I just, I don't like to be influenced by other people when I'm doing something that I want to do. That being said, like I am inspired by just like the career paths, the energy, the approach of other artists. Um, like my favorite band growing up was the Unicorns. They like broke up and became this band called Islands. Not all of them, but a lot of the members. I only liked, like they're an indie band. They're like a lo-fi indie band, but just like their their sound, like not a lot of the instruments. I mean, like Islands incorporated a lot of like instruments that are like kind of a little atypical for I any mean, modern. Oh yeah, I remember this band. Yeah, I just liked the, the album Who Will Cut Our Hair When We're Gone. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the best albums ever made. Like that album has just inspired me so much just in like my artistic approach. Probably I got to go back. I I know I've, I used to listen to this, but I don't remember it. It's just completely like, it sounds great. Like the songs sound great. Like it's not, I won't like something just because it's unique and original and hasn't been done. It has to be done well too. I, I feel like I reserve the right to like have high standards. <laughs> yeah. So like, what do you, but what do you like about uh, unicorns? Like, cause like, I, I agree with you. I, I'm also like not influenced by people that do the same thing that I do, but I'm influenced by a lot of like musicians and other artists. What about a band like unicorns? Like what, what, what did you like pull from them? Like what, what, did, what, like, what do they teach you? Just like the themes of the music um, were so well done and specific, but like kind of unheard, like they come, it's, one of those, um, what the fuck do they call it? Like who, like albums by the who, or it's like a story. Um, Concept albums. Yes, exactly. Like the whole album is just telling not just one story, but it's like a collection of stories where it's like, it, it begins with them being like afraid to die. And they go on all these like magical, like cute, ethereal, but like, dark funny journeys and at the end of the album they're ready to die and then they die and then like the next album with islands is like the afterlife it's just like such great execution of like such a specific idea like it's, it's not i don't know i just don't like variations of i'm and it's funny that i chose to go into memes because like i mean by definition it's like you know it's an idea that's like passed along and all these different variations are created by other people but, and every once in a while like um make a meme in a format it's fun i feel like i usually like break the format when i do it i like to i don't know but it's yeah, just you'll like reinterpret they're the just, format is they're just like so true to themselves and sure of themselves and like aren't afraid to like 
try whatever. I don't know. I feel they're like kind they, of c- confident in their weirdness. Yeah, exactly. I love this. Uh, so now I'm looking into it. I um, I was obsessed with. There was a song um, that was the islands. It's the first track on Return to the Sea. It's called Swans, oh, Life After made- Death. I used, I used to listen to that like over and over again. It's gorgeous. I need uh, now you're giving me um, music recs. Yeah, which I love because this is like a band that I forgot about. They're those albums together. They're incredible, and they sound so different too. Is the thing like it invokes like similar feelings? I don't know. Yeah, I just I also I'm inspired. Like Lil Wayne is also one of my favorite artists of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the peak peak Little Wayne transcended. It peak Little right. Wayne. The writing of Pink Little Wayne is up there with anyone's writing in human history. He didn't even. I mean, I don't it, exactly right, but he says he doesn't even write any of his right. Music. He just, no, he just he just flat he just flows. He doesn't write. He just lets it, it flow, which is very hard to believe. But he's also like, but I feel like since he was such like a massive success people didn't really like dissect his work too much but it's so weird like i don't the way he raps like when i'm listening to him like i feel like this is just what my brain sounds like unfiltered like just like the goofy strange thing what's your but what's your favorite like era or album from little wayne though probably drought three yes that's that is the correct answer that is the correct answer. Like when Carter Three came out, I was like, mm. "Well, weird. that was the mainstream." Carter Three was yes. like the mainstream, like 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 polished version of the Drought Three, but it wasn't nearly as weird. Like just it so we, people know, boring. like this came out in two thousand seven. It was a free mixtape called the Drought Three, and it was so weird. And it was just him rapping over other beats. But I feel like of huh, the era, yeah. I didn't like Lil Wayne before that. I didn't like Southern rap necessarily. I didn't. Just, I just didn't know much about it. But this album, like, I remember, like, at the time, I was like taking the bus to work my job at Barnes and Noble at, in two thousand seven, and uh, my mind was just my my brain was like hanging out of my head. I was like, "What is he like? He like re, like he like transcended hip hop. It was so crazy." I remember, like, I went to my old school i went with um my best girlfriend at the time as her date to junior prom and we were all rolling on ecstasy for some reason and like the same night like our friend's boyfriend came to pick us up and he's like oh you gotta check this out like that uh and it was the carter three he's like the new lil wayne album just leaked you gotta check this song out and he started playing amelie and all of us were in the car literally like screaming our heads off like this is fucking yeah that's probably his best single like that was (laughs) yeah Uh, and like because of that song i was like this album is going to be like the best shit ever and then i was like "Mm, boring (laughs) compared to his mix his mixtapes are just so much more daring they're just like yeah they're they're very daring but they're they're hilarious they're like a lot of people think they're like his lyrics are so stupid it's like yeah i mean if you're comparing him to someone who's like being intentionally lyrical like Tupac, like straightforward and deep, but they're like genius in the wordplay. You know, no. like it's just it's it's a completely different outlet. Do you remember that the the Drought Three was the first ever 
appearance of Nicki Minaj on um on a, a record. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I remember I I saw her like I saw Lil Wayne and Drake on tour. Drake was brand new too, and he actually fell and broke his ankle on stage. And Lil Wayne made fun of him and called him J- Jimmy Brooks from DeGrassi. Like, oh, I guess he's gonna need that wheelchair back. <laughs> he brought out Nicki Minaj. <laughs> it was really funny. He brought, but Wayne brought out Nicki Minaj. She's like, she's gonna be such a huge star, but she only had like once. I think she performed Crazy, and we're all like, who's this? And then yeah, she's just like a monster success. There was. I love her music still. <laughs> yeah. When, um, and, oh, he, I don't want to, I'll say it, he fell off, but he's allowed to do that. Well, everyone, every, yeah. everyone does. It's just more like. Well, you age out. Or you get tired. You age out. And then it's like every artist does that. And then the best artists find a way to reinvent themselves. Yeah. So like there are a lot of artists that were transcendent for three years and then that, and that's great. That's all you, that's, I mean, you can't ask for more than that, but there's a few artists that will find a way to reinvent themselves and come back with a different, you have to come back like very differently. If you're going to, if you're going to come back in a, in another big way. Yeah. Especially like in recent times, because like, tr- like again, the trends just like change so quickly and so drastically. I feel like you might like, like a band like of Montreal. Oh, I fucking love. They're also one of my favorite bands of all time. I love, I love them. So let's try this again. Best of Montreal album. Personally, I like the Sunlandic Twins. That's yeah. my favorite album. Also, like Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer. It's I. There's some songs in that album I think are just like so. Like some of my favorite songs are on there. Like the one that's like chemicals i forget what that's actually called i have a yeah, CD. yeah oh i don't know the names of any of their songs because they're they name their songs so strangely yeah, but i feel the like, opposite which yeah which i one? feel like some of the um some of the stuff on sunlandic twins are some of my favorite songs but um for me hissing fauna is like one of the best albums of like our oh. lifetimes the past is a grotesque animal is literally one of the best songs ever written ever. no like like honestly um i'm gonna like link this album in the show notes because it's an, that's another one is just so weird and that song in particular is just it. no other artist has just like did what they did on that song i don't even know what they did but like no one else has ever done it <laughs> it gives me like goosebumps so much that it hurts my body <laughs> wait yeah. what's weird the lead singer or of Montreal used to follow my personal Instagram before I had a meme page and I had like no followers and like I didn't even really post anything, but he would like all of my posts, but he doesn't follow my meme page. Kevin like Kevin Barnes? Barnes? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I mean it was the of Montreal page, but I think he run he has to run it like it's him. Probably. Um <laughs> Awesome. Really cool, <laughs> yeah, we have so we have a lot of musical tastes in common. I'm so glad you brought them up because they were the other band that I would bring up, and I don't know why I didn't actually. I just, I just, I just sensed it. I just sensed it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're great. They, they're, even their new stuff is like not bad. Not bad. It's definitely not bad. I just like I don't care too much, but I'm like, oh, this is better than I thought it would be. Like he still like has it. Yeah, their one in like 2019, I think, was actually pretty good. I forget. The, the name of it one. white is relic or something like that i don't remember or maybe that's a song name it doesn't matter um 
you mentioned doing a meme on like a kundalini awakening i did want to talk like just touch on like spirituality with you like um do you have any spiritual practices like what's your relationship with that so um i don't know if i would say i'm like agnostic i just think that there's no possible way for me or anyone as a human to like actually have a perfect like tr a true idea of like what god or whatever is but it's still possible to have like a true relationship and connection to whatever that is i feel like i have that um i i don't have like a name for it but i do like i, I grew up catholic i went to catholic school my mom was the religion teacher at my high school which i was um i used to be very like anti-religion and i think a lot of people um they dismiss spirituality as a whole especially like western cultures especially americans because a lot of them like grew up being forced to go to church or catholic school or just like dealt with christians trying to like change laws to fit their agenda and like fuck everyone else or like whatever and i think that they're just like they grew up thinking like spirituality is religion is the religion that i was had a bad experience with so they closed themselves off to it. And I think I was like that for a lot of my life. Like I was just edgy and would pretend like I was a Satanist. Not like too much. I was never like that, that corny in middle school, but like middle school corny where I'd still kind of act like that, you know? Um, you shopped at Hot Topic. Of course. <laughs> I was goth for one day. My parents wouldn't let me be goth, but they let me be goth for one day when I was in Canada. And I remember I was at a mall dressed completely goth. And I was like, wait, I actually fucking hate this this is embarrassing and that's actually smart like they let you go to a mall in canada which is like the safest place to be goth and then you you got it out of your system exactly yeah they weren't even doing it on purpose they're like fine you could do it here because no one's around to like see you and embarrass us but like they should have tried that earlier because it was it was great to it turned me off from it forever anyway what was the question you actually asked well we're just talking about spirituality like I mean, I, 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 I agree. Like, I think that it's, um, it's hard to know anything with certainty in terms of like what's happening out there, but, um, oh. you know, but it, I, I think, I think it's, it's more like vast and mysterious than the human mind is capable of like, exactly. like putting words to. Yeah, exa exactly. It's like any human interpretation of it is still going to be like, have like, the people who documented it and like decided this like themselves imprinted onto it so i feel like i want to have a, i don't i don't follow any like specific like religious practices but i kind of just like make up with my own like this is about my relationship with i'll just call it god i feel like it's easier to i definitely like talk to god or whatever like throughout the day at, at night whatever like um i 100% believe that there is an afterlife like i uh, want to hear a crazy story okay. absolutely so like uh, my family, like my parents are together. Um, they're, my family is like so normal to the point where it's like abnormal, I feel like. And Italian, New Jersey, like my whole extended family lives in the same town. And my nonna and papa, my grandparents, they basically like they also raised me. They're like a second pair of parents. And my papa just died like a few months ago. Really, really hard. But listen to this. All right. Mm. So the day he died, my mom, she's a teacher and my aunt was at the house and where he was like he was in hospice just like dying at home my mom had her phone on silent because she was like she was like doing a test i don't know whatever she had her phone on silent at work all of a sudden the lights start flashing on and off and then 
go off. And she's like, I feel like something's telling me to look at my phone. She picks her phone up. And as soon as she picks it up, my aunt is calling her. She answers. She tells her, tells her that my papa had just died. My papa was like, he had this gorgeous garden. He was always outside. Like people like neighbors would ask to like take tours of his garden. It was so beautiful. And he had like, come back. He named Charlie. Um, my mom pulls up at the house. His main like tree is completely filled with birds, like just packed with like hundreds of birds. And they're all like, not screaming, but like being really loud. It was definitely like a sight to see. And everyone noticed that. And they're like, oh, he's here with us um mm. and like this gets way weirder so she goes inside they call the funeral home but like we're our family is like kind of friends with the people who own the funeral home like our families know each other they know everyone in town um and when the funeral home comes to pick up his body the car is off and the back compartment where they'd be putting his body just bursts into flames before they can get him in and it only like they said it was a faulty light which how does that even happen like is that even possible like a, a light in the back of the truck just while the truck was off just burst into flames and burned out the entire compartment where his body would be and like before like right before they got him in and that's very and, strange he, he narrow he narrowly escaped a, cre a premature cremation yeah i just i don't know like and then i was watching so he died like right before 11 on 11 11 like 11 11 22 and i was mm. watching the movie and at the end of the movie they're like it's gonna be over before 11 on november 11th and i was like what the fuck and then the main character dies like right before 11 on 11 11 and like right when that happened there was like an it didn't pick up on like like there was like an earthquake it's just like the whole house just like it felt like a wave moving through the whole house but it didn't pick up on the um like any of the apps or like twitters for california oh like, crazy like i don't know i'm like i'm like that's i i definitely believe there's like a sign like i 100 percent believe in like life after death i also have like a lot of friends that have like od'd and like actually died and then come back to life and all their stories are very similar and like i've seen ghosts and stuff but i don't know if the ghosts are like ghosts of dead people or like from some other i don't know but yeah. i just I definitely believe like this even just if i didn't have any of those experiences I would, I, I wouldn't, I can't comprehend thinking that like this life is all that there is. Like there just would not be any point to any of this happening if it was just like, and after everything dies, it just goes into nothingness. Like there's just this planet and this galaxy and this the whole extended universe and like that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm very like confident that there's much more than, you know, this totally, et cetera totally yeah me too and like i don't claim to know what that is but like exactly. it, um but i love that you have because i don't have um i really don't have any like paranormal experiences like i kind of wish i could but i haven't um even when i do psychedelics i'm actually i'm, I'm leaving i'm leaving tomorrow to go to an iowa ayahuasca gonna, retreat after the ayahuasca retreat you'll have <laughs> i mean i i have like i have done it like i've um i've had big experiences like mean, the, cl the closest i've had to a supernatural experience on ayahuasca was having um david bowie come and save me from the apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> oh i was like he was here oh <laughs> but um 
that did happen. But um, no, I love that you that you do, and I and 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 um, I like to have a kind of a show and tell at the end of this podcast. I wonder if you could like tell us uh, one of your like another paranormal story. Yeah. So I have some like really really crazy ones, but I've told them on other podcasts and I've told them on live so many times. So like I don't want to do it again on yours, but it sucks because like I'll just drag it out a little bit. Do it. It's fine. The one I really like. Like here's the short version and. It's on another podcast, so I'll give you like a taste, and then other people can look up if they want. But it has to do with like I don't, not the one I'm going to talk about, like the actual story. It's like manifestation gone wrong. But okay, so basically, me and two of my friends either almost crashed into a UFO or were actually like abducted or something. But we don't really have, have memory of that, but there's like missing time and all these other very strange things. And the thing is I was on acid, but my other, and so like when it was happening at first, like I thought that I was just tripping, but they weren't on any drugs at all. And they're two of my most like sane, normal friends. Um, I also like predicted the date that it was going to happen. And this ties into this other, well, I, I think I messaged you and I told you like something else really weird happened last night. Whatever. I'll just get to the main story and then like tell the say the other thing that happened last night. So um I've noticed that like I feel like I've always passively manifested things. That's just kind of how I live my life. I always trust everything's gonna be taken care of and like anything I want to happen just kind of like falls into my lap, which like I think it's a little dangerous to think that way. And it kind of like makes me, I'm always very like complacent and like too trusting that things are going to work out where I'm like, I don't have to put any effort into this. It's just going to happen. And it does a lot of the time, but I wish I didn't think that way. So I had more drive, but anyways, <laughs> I've noticed that like when I lie, those things come true. Like it's like, like I said, manifestation gone wrong. Like when I had jobs that I actually had to show up at, I, and this is why I'm I, part of the reasons I stick to memes and like creative bullshit, because I cannot hold a regular job. I just won't like, I'll be good at the jobs, but if I want to call out, if I want to do something like I'm going to do it. So I, and I have no, I don't like lying to friends or family or like really to anyone except for authority figures to get what I want and to get out of something. And I have, I'm great. At it. I have no problem doing it. No reservations. So I had these jobs where like I would call out all the time and I, and I had this, <laughs> this idea that if I'm going to lie about something to get what I want, then I'm going to make it such an incredible lie that they can't, they're not going to be like, Oh, you still have to come in or like call me a liar. Um, there's like some more extreme stories there, but basically like I would, I would say something like my mom's in the hospital, my grandma's in the hospital. Or like even like my car has a flat tire or I have uh, a fever. I swear to fucking God, every time I would say that, the next day it comes true. Every time I stopped saying, like, I would be like, oh, my mom's in the hospital. My mom's is, it's not sick. She doesn't have like a chronic illness. She doesn't. I've used that excuse three times. The next day, every single time she ended up in the hospital. The same thing with like my Nona or my Papa. I say that about a flat, every time I've said about a flat tire, my car broke down, I swear the next day, like probably, like maybe sometimes it doesn't happen, but it's like 90% of the time, at least it's weird. Damn. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. So I don't do that anymore. Um, okay. But here's like the main story I was going to tell you. Yeah. And then I have one that is shorter that happened last night, but it's going to sound a little more like schizo, but whatever. All right. So let me hit the space real quick. 
Okay. So when I was addicted to heroin, I had this guy who would pretty much like pay for all my drugs for nothing. And he would deliver it to my house. Like he would kind of just do whatever I wanted, but I didn't feel bad about it because he was like trying to exploit me too. So whatever, fair game is how I thought. Um, and I lived in a cul-de-sac across the street was this walking path that led to a parking lot, church parking lot. And I would have him meet me there at night. After, like my parents like kind of knew that I was on drugs. Like they knew I was before they, like they would have a feeling that I was still using. I was the whole time. So I had this little laptop. I would bring it out on the front porch and smoke and just say I was out there like working on something. And I say, I would say I was talking to people on Facebook. Cause this was like 2000, 13 maybe or out of 14 i don't know it was like 2014 um and i would just be like oh, i'm just hanging out there smoking cigarettes and talking to people and then so i came up with this weird and he would meet me in the parking lot in the church and i would just like run down the path real quick to meet him and then run back and sit on the porch and for some fucking reason i came up with this like fail safe kind of lie in case my parents came outside and saw me like going across the street where whoever I was talking to on Facebook, I would say, I, I feel like I mentioned some Facebook so many times in this podcast. So I just like, I feel like I'm such a boomer. Anyways, <laughs> um, I came up with this weird lie where whoever I was talking to, I would tell them that I would say, oh my God, there's a fox. Like, okay, so I forgot to mention on like the left side of the house, there was just like this like tiny path of, or tiny patch of woods. And in the middle of the wood where like the road ended, it wasn't really a cul-de-sac. It was just a dead end street. And we were the last house on the left. Um, <laughs> there was like one street light. And I had this idea in my, like one street light in between two trees. And so I came up with this lie where whoever I, sorry, I'm being very repetitive, but I would just tell whoever I was talking to, oh my God, there's a fox across the street. I'm going to go see if I can get a picture of it. I'd never seen a fox in my neighborhood. Like foxes exist in New Jersey, but they're not that common. And I, I've said that probably like 15, 20 times to different people. Every night when I was going out there, I'd be like, there's a fox like right under the street light. I'm going to go get a picture of it. So then I quit doing drugs like a few months after. And then I had this guy I was dating and it was, I was like about to break up with him. <laughs> and we had seen like a few paranormal things together, but like he would always just write it off. Like he would acknowledge that he saw it and then be like, like those i don't know whatever and it really annoyed me and at this point i had like encountered ufos probably like three four times and i always see like a specific type it's like these like balls of light and they could be all different sizes i have videos of some of them but like they're like really high up the sky and they can like teleport they can move first of all so fast but like in directions that like nothing else can, like there's no technology that can do that and so we were walking around our neighborhood and then we're about to walk back to my house. It was at night. And all of a sudden we hear like what sounded like like electricity. And I felt like a transform. There's something going on with the transformer. And in the church parking lot, there's one of those orbs of light floating around, like flying around in a circle like this. I guess only you get the visual. And it's huge. It's probably about like five feet in diameter. And it wasn't like, a, it's not ball lightning. Like I think it, and it like stopped over, uh, like it was like over the transformer at one point, but then it's like flying around in circles. But the weirdest, like, I mean, that's weird too, but another weird thing <laughs> was while that was happening, there's a fox in the exact place where I always said it would be. And it's sitting, like, it was so, it was like, it looked like it was glowing blue. 
like it could have just been like where it was under the street lamp but like it looked blue and it was like sitting up so elegantly and it was staring directly at me like the entire time while this thing is flying around and i say to my boyfriend i'm like are, are you seeing this he's like why is that fox staring right at you or something like that and i was like oh my God. and then eventually i don't know what i said but then like the, the ball the the orb just like shoots straight up into the sky and like, like zips away and the fox like turns around and runs away right when that thing does it was so Jeez, i feel like they're messing with you like i feel like they um you're one of them or maybe we're all one of them in some way but like you're tuned into it and like they're like the way the way you're a trickster and you're a jokester they're kind of like they're kind of messing with you i kind of feel like that sometimes okay so here's here's another one it's not i take forever to like tell any story but i'll try and keep it short okay so this is (laughs) this one's like weird and again like i said it sounds more like schizo um but okay so the date that like me and my friends almost we were literally like 20 feet away from it we almost crashed into it but then like we took like we couldn't remember ever getting off the road when we almost crashed into the ufo and like we just remember like showing up at someone's house and so like for years before that my my cousin's birthday is like may 23rd and we're really close so like if anything i should have been obsessed with this number already but i never even had so much as a favorite number i didn't care about numbers um, but for some reason, like freshman year of high school, like one day I just woke up and I started seeing the number like 523 everywhere. Like I would always wake up at exactly 523. Like I would get receipts with it all over the place. Like just like constantly to the point where other people in my life noticed it. And like, I got this idea that on May 23rd, something really fucking crazy was going to happen. Like, and every 523, I'd be looking over my shoulder, like a piano was going to fall on my head. Um, and like all my friends knew about it, all my family, like it was like a big thing. And like, I never had a weird, like obsession like that before like, it was just totally out of the norm 523 was the date that we almost crashed into the ufo but i didn't even realize it until last year because it was like once the event actually happened the obsession was just removed i stopped seeing it everywhere there's this one building that said 523 really huge on it it didn't say that anymore but i didn't think it was weird like my friends would still point it out i'd be like i don't care i never thought about it i only realized it like last year when me and my friends were like so what happened every year because like that the obsession went from like freshman year to senior year and like we went through each date to remember what happened and we're like well wait after like what the person whose house we went to it was after prom and we were like and everyone in new jersey goes down the shore for prom um we were going to the house to party but it was also to celebrate my cousin's birthday because i remember we got wasted and threw a cake on the roof <laughs> which is like fucked up or whatever it's like kind of funny still and i have good pictures from it and i look i was like wait a minute i look on facebook okay now i'm officially a boomer. that's like three times um and we all the pictures are from the day after, like 524. And it's like, oh, yesterday, blah, blah, blah. So like, it's like I predicted that event, and, like didn't even realize it. it was like this like alien. Inform- and I mean, alien. In the, I mean, it was literally, I think, alien. But <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like an internal thing. It was like it was like inserted into my brain or something. I don't know. I, don't, I can't word that eloquently right now because I'm just fried. Yeah. Anyways. So, I get it. I mean, I get the numbers thing. Like, I, I maybe like cur- currently, I I'm not really seeing numbers, but like there are periods where like certain certain combinations like come in hot, and I'm like, what do you want with me? Like, this is I, this is getting this is getting annoying. It's like too obvious. I would pay attention to it. I started paying attention to like everything like that. I feel stupid because it's like I'm a very like rational, I think logical person. I don't like to be wrong. I don't like to like believe. I mean that's I guess that's not true like because I but it's only because I've haven't I've had these things proven to me over and over 
but I wasn't like naturally inclined to just believe stuff like this. But the 523 thing is like coming back a little bit. So like last night, um, I was watching Lost for the first time and like they keep mentioning the numbers like five and 23 and like they look at the clock and he's like, do you see what time it is? And it's like 523 really big on the screen. And I'm like, that's so weird. And then they like a few moments later, they cut to a scene of this one of the main characters wearing this bracelet. Okay. And this is where it's like a schizo and it's like definitely reaching, but it was still very strange. Okay. So I had this one house that I lived in. Like, okay. Just like, I'll try and make this short, but like the, I saw um, snakes on a plane at midnight. And then the next morning I go out and there's this gigantic dead snake in my driveway. And there's no snakes like where I lived. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is so strange. And then another time in the same spot in my driveway, driveway there was this like bracelet and I remember thinking it was ugly but I took it and I'm like why is this bracelet here like who was in my driveway like it wasn't my friends my mom's anybody and then I'm watching Lost last night and the girl and it's a very specific bracelet like very intricate like and I have the whole thing memorized because I remember thinking it was like special and it meant something and then the girl in Lost right after the 523 scene is like wearing the same bracelet I'm like I guess that part of my uh driveway is like a portal and like everything, I was like, this is just proof everything's like a simulation. Again, like that one, if you heard some of my other paranormal stories, like they have like a lot more like merit. There's like witnesses and like proof and like things that are just like fucking impossible. That one's like, again, schizo, but yeah, I, no, like, I be- just get it out there. I believe it. And I love, I like how you, um, you find humor in all of this too, which I love. Yeah. Cause like you could easily, like some people would like UFOs are following them and like they see these things that are happening and that could be a cause for paranoia. And like, for you, it's like, it's cool. You you, you turn everything into like humor at which I love. Cause I, I kind of do, do the same thing. Like I can easily find, you know, the, the cosmic joke in whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. It's a good I mean, way to be. I feel like that's the best way to live your life. And you're like, I don't, I'm like always, happy so i'm always i don't know i'm just like i have fun with myself even if like things are objectively like terrible whatever like i i'm here with me like i could still have a good time with my i love it and that's the i mean that's the ultimate (laughs) that's that's the ultimate like spirituality in a way too is like um having autonomy of your own like perspective of things yeah Mm mm-hmm and like not, and like and like not letting things phase you as much or being able to find the humor in things or the lightness in things which that should be the thing um but um this was awesome fun yeah. to fun to hang with you mm-hmm. um yeah, keep it up um we'll put your 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 instagram account in the show notes namaste at home dad uh you're brilliant thanks sir. um you're an og and uh let's let's uh let's do it again sometime soon. I definitely will. All right. Peace. Bye.